stay with the coach. Day twenty radio, your gamers roll. www.d20radio.com. From Sunny Shore City, you're listening to the Underground Radio, bringing you all of the very best Pokemon news and views this side of Twist Mountain. I'm Nateel. And I'm Sam. For today's broadcast, we'll be serving you up some Pokemon news of epic proportion, giving you the 411 on the Black and White 2 Move Tutor, taking a trip down Victory Road, and spotlighting the most artistic of all Pokemon. So sit back, relax, and give your Radio Rotome what it wants. Well, Sam, I think the first thing that we both kind of want to discuss this week is that we had Elite Four tryouts. Yes, we did. And it went really, really well. I was surprised at how many people we had trying out. I think all told there were seven. Yeah, it was something really high like that. I was fairly surprised. So that was that was really exciting. We had um, a couple of people that I'd never actually fought in the video game before, including Mitch, who is our resident TCG guru. Indeed. So it was kind of exciting to be able to fight him in the VG for a change, because any time I've fought him in the TCG, he's pretty much just wiped the floor with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty dastardly with his decks, he is. And, you know, honestly, I was probably out of all the teams that I fought in that challenge, Mitch's was the most fun to play, because he had a team that had almost... Almost every one of the Pokemon had Metronome on it. <laughs> it was and... a Metronome team. Who builds a Metronome team? Apparently Mitch. Yes, and it was fun to play because it was all just like, all right, Metronome, let's see what's going to happen. Drill Run! And poor Chansey couldn't use Drill Run because it was against one of my flying types. Oh. And it was like, oh, now let's Metronome again. Let's see what happens. Toxic! And... I don't know, I was waiting for a I was hoping for a short while that one of them would use Explosion, and all of a sudden Metronome, Explosion. But no, that didn't happen, but still, it was a fun team to play. It really was. That's It, it really was. His, his Snorlax, man, <laughs> scared the crud out of me. It's like he popped out and he was all like, oh, I'm going to start stockpiling. And I was like, oh, do we have a stockpile swallow spit up? Snorlax, because that's interesting. And Mitch was like, nah, man, nah. <laughs> and then we, then he sleep, he, he rested, and then he went sleep talk. And then I was expecting that he was hoping for like a, uh, oh, uh, a spit up on the sleep talk. But, but instead he just rested again, and then I focus blasted it to death. So that was unfortunate, but. <laughs> but. It was, it was kind of fun. Actually, we had two people run Snorlaxes at the tournament, and it was weird because I'd never, ever seen anybody use Snorlax before. Indeed. 
I don't know. It's kind of sad because, I mean, he's a really awesome Pokemon. He is, and oh, I would actually... Sorry, I just remembered the Explosion Snorlax. I totally need to breed us up one of those. Yeah, we, we both totally need one of those. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, there is a special route in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and if you downloaded all the routes, you should have it, where you had the chance to pick up a Munchlax with the move self-destruct actually so what you could do was you could and it was a male so you could breed self-destruct into into other generations of snorlax and then have snorlax with self-destruct and that's quite possibly one of the most fun sounding attacks on a pokemon that i've ever heard of in my entire life it is it is pretty dastardly. I have, I have a good explosion story for later on when we get to Victory Road. But it was it was really exciting to have everybody bring their teams out for this. And Scotty, Sam, and I have made our decision. And we won't announce anything until next week's show because we would like to make the announcement in full at League this upcoming week. Sorry, listeners who participated. <laughs> You'll find out soon enough. And I also heard that you had... A rebreed of a Pokemon. Yeah, I almost, I almost wanted to include a halfway through Verdian Forest for this whole thing, but I decided oh. that it was a bit of an overkill. I've been rebreeding my Metagross, and I, you know, I, I talked last week about how I was rebreeding Metagross, how I was going to do the Hammer Arm Gyro Ball set, and I'm really excited about it. But as I've been breeding, I was getting kind of crappy results, and I was really disappointed. I'm reading for an adamant one because I have no need for special attack, and I didn't feel the need to go with a, a speed reduction nature because, well, Hammer Arm's going to reduce his speed so much anyway. Um, but what I've been, as I've been breeding, I haven't been getting great IVs, and then suddenly I went to the, I went down to the battle subway, and I got a a Beldum with perfect HP, attack, defense, and special defense, which is exactly what I wanted. So yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't adamant. It it was hasty. Sigh. Uh, I was really sad, and I'm I'm usually really really careful about not checking the IVs of Pokemon that don't have the nature I want because of this exact situation. Because you will just become extremely disappointed and disheartened. Yep. So that was sad, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep at it. I'll I'll get one eventually. I might stop for a while and start breeding up a a Luxray, which I've been considering doing, but. And, you know, in the meantime, I will continue to breed Metagross. Well, there you go. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, uh, the first place prize for our uh, tournament that we had was created. But Oh, that's right. That was, the, that was your big project this last week. It's true. And I managed to get a, a fairly good one. You know, it's was a it was a Pokemon that I was creating for somebody else. I I don't know, Smeargle is kinda difficult to work with because you you have to E V train him first. And if you're E V training him, there's a very strong possibility unless you're going to be trying to use the experience point reduction power in black and white that you're going to skip over the initial sketch at level 11 and at 21 and that's exactly what happened so that smeargle is going to have to get up to i think level 61 before 
I have the opportunity to get all of the moves to put on it. Yuck. And yeah, that's that's kind of difficult. And at this point in time, really, I'm going to focus on getting some of the harder ones to get on him. Spore, I still need to get on him, and that's because I don't have any Pokemon with Spore, so I might have to talk to you about it. Yeah, I have a, I have a couple of Spore sometime. Pokemon that you can borrow. And then I also need to get Substitute on him, but anybody can get Substitute on Smeargle. I mean, as as theoretically, as long as you have the TM, then you can just teach any Pokemon Substitute, pair him up in a wild double battle, and copy the Substitute, and, you know, there you go. Indeed. So, you know, the Smeargle turned out pretty well. It had maximum HP and speed, which is what the winner wanted. Um, it... I think its ability was technician, but I don't know. I I don't think Smeargle's ability is his abilities really aren't that great. I mean, he get he gets moody for the Dream World ability, but I don't think it's been released yet. And if it has, then you know most people still consider it a banned ability. So yeah, which is sad. So you know, I guess it's. Its other ability is Own Tempo, which the Pokemon cannot be confused while having this ability, and, you know, that might be good at some points in time, but, you know, there aren't all that many moves that confuse a Smeargle, and to be perfectly fair, his his stats are so low that you could probably knock him out with any sort of move. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, that's, that's that. You know, it was... It was a Pokemon to work on, I guess, which is always important. It's always good to keep yourself in the game when it comes to breeding and training, because otherwise you start to get to that point where you forget the whole procedure and you have to remind yourself again of what to do. And that was sort of what I had happen. I got down to the point to EV train for speed, and I was like, I think I forgot something. And as it turned out, I forgot to put the Pokerus on it. Oh, no. And then when I got in there, I was like, well, why isn't my Smeargle out in the first position? Because he usually is whenever I encounter Pokemon that I need to train with. And then I realized that he had the experience share on him rather than a power item. So I had to quit the battle and, you know, run back and put the item on him and everything like that. So, you know, it's, it's good to keep yourself in practice. Otherwise, you start to get rusty on those skills. It's a true story. It really is. Yep. And otherwise, I we also had that uh, TCG tournament at Paradox happen. Yeah, I didn't get to go to that, but you you had a good time. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty enlightening experience. It was a nice way to see how Pokemon tournaments in their official like Super Nintendo sanctioned capacity worked, because that's exactly what it was, and that's. It was nice to look at because that's sort of the model that we're probably going to have to follow if we're going to be having any TCG or video game uh, tournaments of our own that will be officially sanctioned Pokemon events at our own league. And you know, it was it was interesting. I don't know. It was a little <clears throat> it was a little disheartening at some points because they had a Magic pre-release tournament going on at the same time. And they also had some Warhammer 20,000, I think that's what it is. They had some Warhammer people playing there too, so we were only given five tables to work with, and that got fairly cramped and, you know, kind of irritating, but 
you know, what can you do? So, yeah. And what was also weird was that instead of six prize cards, we only had four. And I think if I had known that it was only going to be four prize cards, as Mitch told both of us actually later on, we probably would have made some uh, alterations to our deck before we went in because the value of cards like N drops considerably if you only have four prize cards instead of six. So, you know, that's that's kind of how that works. And I don't know, but otherwise it was a pretty good time. The the uh, Paradox Cards and Comics store actually offered up four tins as prizes for the top four players, and those were the tins that had either the Rayquaza, the Darkrai, or the Mewtwo in them. And that was really awesome of them. And they also provided us with free uh, pizza and soda for the tournament, too, which was also pretty awesome. So, you know, I made sure to take notes on what was going on, you know, how they decided to run things, what they did well, what they didn't do particularly well. And, you know, maybe we can use some of that information for uh, setting up any tournaments of our own at the uh, Pokemasters League. Sounds awesome. Yep. So, I don't know, there was a lot of, like, big tournament stuff happening this week. It was, it's kind of weird, because usually we're just kind of like, well, you know, individual Pokemon stories, talking about our breeding projects, etc. So. Indeed. We we did have something that was requested of us to cover uh, this week, and it's it's a smartphone app for Android devices called the Pokedex 3D Buddy. Yes, and, yeah, Josh was... Uh, just talking to me the other night, and he brought it up. The Pokedex 3D Buddy is this app that you can get for Android smartphones, and what you can do with it is you can use it with the Pokedex 3D app on the 3DS, and you can set the phone down on a flat surface, and you can scroll through all of the AR markers for every last one of the Pokemon that is in the Pokedex 3D. And you can use it to create the images of the Pokemon in the augmented reality function on the 3D, on the Pokedex 3D. And, you know, it's that's about all it can do, and it does have a couple of small glitches with it. But, you know, honestly, that's one of the coolest things that I've heard about, because I don't know of too many people who would want to print off all 150 of the little AR markers for you know, just having them out there. And, you know, otherwise you would have had to, you know, like try and take pictures of them on the computer screen that you were looking at. And that doesn't work out very well at all. So, you know, it's it's a fairly interesting thing. It has a rating of 3.9, which is, you know, fairly average. So, yeah, I was I was actually pretty impressed with it. And it sounded like Josh was, too. Yeah, neither one of us have been able to use it uh, because neither one of us have an Android de- Android device. But the the option is there. I'll be interested to see if they update it when the Pokedex 3D Pro comes out next month. But we'll see. Indeed. Speaking of things that are coming out, <gasps> Pokemon Black and White 2 come out on Sunday. Which is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I can't even stand it. I'm, I'm a little bit, like, sort of disappointed because I have work all day on Sunday and so I'm going to be working the Pokemon release day instead of just picking my game up and going home and playing for, like, 19 straight hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little bit of gaming done. Um, I'll probably have a break somewhere in that day that I can get a half hour of gaming in, so that'll be exciting. But I'm, I'm planning on starting with my copy of White 2, 
and going through the story mode on that first. Very cool. And I'm I'm gonna guess that you're planning on starting with Black Two. I am. I figured when when Sam and I picked up the games uh, the first go around with Pokemon Black and White, that was the way we ended up as well. I had White and Sam had Black. Well, I had Black and White. Well, yeah, but Black has always been your main card, and White has, has always been. been my main card. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've heard a, that a lot of people are getting the White Two card. Well, at least first, uh, there are a lot of people at our league that were actually getting both. I was and- surprised at how many people are picking up both. I know, because, you know, unless you're, like, a super diehard fan about it and you've got the extra money lying around, usually people have just been, you know, like, oh, well, we're okay with one version, you know, because, you know, there will be plenty of other people out there who would be doing stuff with the other versions, and so if you ever had anything to do that was version-specific, you could just go from there. And honestly, I'd get both versions because you know, it's super completionist of me, and then I can have another copy to run through again, and then I can do all of the uh, stuff that requires two different versions by myself. But yeah, I was really surprised that a lot of the people who were going to our league were picking up both versions, and it was just like, wow, you guys are awesomely dedicated to this. Yeah, and for me, it's definitely a decision that I made because of uh, Legendary Pokemon. <laughs> I I need access to soft resetting for all Legendary Pokemon. And with how many Legendaries Black and White 2 are offering us, I couldn't say no. <laughs> exactly. Especially with that Dream Radar they've got out now. Oh, I know, because now I can, now I can have two different Ho-Ohs with, uh, with Regenerator. I think so. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> So that's going to be really awesome. Um, I'm I'm really excited. We've actually had quite a few people pre-order at my GameStop location. Even while I was at work today, I had, I don't know, four or five more people pre-order. So it's it's been really, really big on the pre-order front. I'm really excited that so many other people are excited about picking up Pokemon Black and White 2. And since since Sam and I record on Saturdays, typically we won't, you know, we're we're not going to be able to talk about the games themselves this week. But you can bet in next week's Pokemon Chatter, we will have some updates on where we are in the story. You know, it would have been really awesome. Now that I think about it, in hindsight, if we had recorded if, on Sunday, if we had recorded live from the mall where we were going to pick up our copies of Black and White, and we could have just sat there and like played the game and recorded what we were doing with black and white too see that would be awesome if i didn't work yeah so (laughs) god work always getting in the way of everything uh silly work silly work for money (laughs) so that i can buy more pokemon games (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness i think that kind of wraps up chatter for us this week i think it does sweet then let's head over to the news desk and take care of that Well, as everyone already knows, the big news this week is that Pokemon Black and White 2 are coming out in the United States. So with with that out of the way, there is actually other news this week, amazingly enough, other than just Pokemon Black and White 2. Starting off with uh, the fact that the new Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game, Magnegate and the Infinity Labyrinth, has an official release date for Japan. This game is releasing in Japan on November 23rd, 2012. No word on releases in other locations, but we have to imagine that it won't be terribly long after. The Pokemon games usually take about six months to localize. Exactly. So excited. I'm so excited for the first Pokemon 3D game. 
I know, right? <laughs> Europe also, I don't know, this filled me with pain on the inside when I first read this, and I still feel a jolt of, like, this overwhelming sorrow whenever I read this next news bullet, and that is, Europe will be receiving the limited edition Pikachu 3DS XL. And why don't we get this? I don't, I'm so upset, because, like, as of right now, there is no... There is no word on whether or not America is getting the special limited edition Pikachu 3DS XL. And honestly, I think this is the first time that one of these special edition Pikachu DS consoles has gone somewhere other than Japan. Exactly. Because there was that original, uh, there were two special edition DSs. There was the DS Lite and the DSi, and those special editions were Japan only. And now Mm -hmm. Europe is getting the 3DS XL Pikachu edition, and I want it. I want it so badly. It's true. I would pay just tons of money just to get it here. And I don't know why they're not releasing it over here. It's already in Europe. Why can't they bring it over here? I didn't even want a 3DS XL until this whole thing was announced. And then I was like, holy crap, I have to have a 3DS XL. And and I know. <laughs> I had... Ab- I. I'm in the same boat as you. I had absolutely no desire whatsoever to get the 3DS XL. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, I would pay money for a 3DS XL with Pikachu right now. (laughs) I I would throw handfuls of cash at you just to obtain it. (laughs) Nintendo, here is my money. Give me this right now. And, you know, with, with the release, you know, being announced over in Europe, maybe, maybe we'll see it over here. We will, of course, keep you guys updated on it because it is one of those things that if it does become available, you're gonna have to pre-order it, like, effective immediately if you want to get oh, a hold yeah. of one. Because in Japan, they sold out in a matter of days. Oh, yeah. It was intense. <laughs> Speaking of things that are intense... Oh my gosh, we have the Pokedex 3D Pro and the Pokemon Dream Radar coming out in the next, uh, well, in the next month here. Uh, and they all, they both have official price points now for the North American eShop. The Pokemon Dream Radar, which will be available on October 7th with the release of Pokemon Black and White 2, is retailing for $2.99 on the eShop. The Pokedex 3D Pro will not be available until November 8th, about a month after the release and is re- retailing at 14.99 making it one of the most expensive items in the eShop currently still though i'm it's... i'm ex- <laughs> i'm excited for it i'm going to end up dropping the money on it i know i will and as soon as sam and i have both done so because we inevitably will consume everything pokemon related <laughs> um, <laughs> we will be sure to let you guys know if it's worth the $15 so if you're a little hesitant about it you know give sam and i a week to work with it and, you know, honestly, if it's going to be $15, you know, they usually pretty reasonably price the stuff on the eShop. So if they're asking $15 for it, I'm going to bet that it's going to be a huge program. And it's probably going to have a lot of stuff in there that, you know, it probably may, you know, I'm just speculating on this, but I'm kind of hoping for like Cerebi level information on the 3DS, uh, the 3DS uh, Pokedex Pro. And, Oh, man, that would be intense beyond belief. Yeah, it it would be really cool. And, you know, Sam is right in saying that they usually price these items fairly, you know, reasonably on the the eShop. And considering that the standard edition strategy guide for Pokemon Black and White 2 is coming out at $20, 
the difference in price between those two is not very much. And considering the strategy guide is also including all of the storyline in it, I, I would have to assume that what we are getting in the Pokedex 3D Pro is going to be a substantial amount of product. You know, speaking of the strategy guide for uh, Pokemon, I know you work at GameStop, so you might be privy to this information. Uh, the limited edition ones, have those been selling pretty well at all? Well, it's it's hard to say. Strategy guides we don't get uh, strategy guides don't get pre-ordered very often, and that's sad, uh, especially when there's collector's edition strategy guides. I know a couple of people who have pre-ordered the uh, collector's edition strategy guides, you and me included. Yeah. Uh, but that that'll be something that we we would want to talk about. I don't know in in a bit in a couple of weeks when the games have been out for a while. Okay. Yeah, because I was kind of curious about that because I heard that there was going to be a lot of like special artwork in the collector's edition, and there were going to be a couple of interviews about the game, one of them by uh, Junichi Masuda, actually. So, you know, it's kind of a... I, don't, I guess I thought it was kind of a big deal, so I pre-ordered it. Yeah, I'm, and... I'm really excited for the collector's edition, and I they are substantially larger. I have gotten to see both of them, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they are they are bigger then they're they're a lot bigger and they are hardcover. So nice. But that's all I've been able to look at. So all right. <laughs> We've also got some new updates to the Dream World, Woo! and I know, right? And these updates are actually super important because they will allow game pals from your copy to be invited as dream pals in the dream world, which will let players that you know in real life tend to your home and garden and vice versa. Which is super awesome because in the old dream world, you didn't have any control over who was coming into, you know, your little dream house and whatever. So when you were sharing berries with people, you didn't know who you were sharing them with. Now, like you and your friends can share the berries you're growing together. Exactly. And, you know, that was one of the things about it, too, is that when the Dream World first came out, and I don't know if we actually did an episode on it or not, but uh, you could on- they had separated all of the players onto three or four different servers, and you could only interact with the players that were on those servers. And so you were stuck in essentially a random mix of people. And now it sounds like you can actually talk to the people that you know in real life in the dream world, and you can all get together and share. So then everybody at Pokemon League can get together, and we can all take care of each other's gardens, and we can all go visit each other's homes and share items, and it'll just be a fantastic time for especially supporting the League, because then everybody can get together and share the items that they need, and we can start transferring the different berries that everybody needs, transferring the different items that everybody needs, and it's just going to be fantastic. On top of that, there uh, we had one other thing to talk about in the updates as well. Yes, and that is that players will also have new rows to add to their garden, and the gardens will also be able to be watered more frequently. Which is super cool as well. It's not quite as cool as, you know, being able to have your game pals as your dream pals, but it is still pretty cool. It, it actually is kind of super important, too, because some of those berries, uh, based on the mechanics of berries and how they dry out quickly or more slowly, some of them actually can dry out fairly quickly. And if you don't have a set number of people flowing through your home and watering the berries, sometimes they can dry out a whole lot faster than people can water them. And in turn, that makes it so that 
your berries won't have higher yields. And if you're, whether you're shooting for just getting a bunch of berries that you can transfer right over into black and white too, or you're just trying to get a bunch of berries so that you can buy the next upgrade to your home, you know, you, those all require a lot of berries. So this is another way to help speed up that process because to be perfectly honest, it was a fairly slow and fairly time consuming gross grinding process (laughs) true story that is all the news that we have this week in our news desk we are actually now going to head over to the main topic as per usual this week we will be talking about the black and white 2 move tutor Welcome sight to the competitive metagame after a long vacation. The Move Tutor has returned to Pokemon with the advent of the Black 2 and White 2 versions. We decided that in honor of its release, we'd discuss the Move Tutor, how it has changed, and how the competitive game will change. So starting off, we would like to introduce the idea of the Move Tutor for people that perhaps have not been playing Pokemon through the fourth generation or who have you know, never really gotten into the competitive aspect until now. The Move Tutor is an NPC who was last seen in the fourth generation games and has the ability to teach Pokemon rare moves that said Pokemon could not otherwise normally learn on its own, creating a much deeper level of strategy in the overall metagame. Indeed. And that could branch out from just hundreds of different move options. I mean, you were able to teach... uh, a lot of Pokemon roost to allow them to quickly in-game recover off their own damage. You could teach a bunch of clerics the ability, the attacks heal bell. You stealth could, Rock is another big one. Lots of Pokemon got Stealth Rock. Was stealth a rock. Huge one. <laughs> but yeah, and that was amazing for just changing the strategy and you know really making your opponents guess what kind of Pokemon you were running in the competitive game. And in Platinum, specifically, uh, another fourth-gen game, shards were used to pay for the cost of move tutors, and those are like the red, blue, yellow, and green shards. But, you know, the more common move tutor moves in Heart, Gold, and Soul, Silver also required precious BP, other, as we all know, battle points, to pay for the cost. And that was, like, trying to draw your own blood for <laughs> battle battle points are not easy to obtain and you know the when heart gold soul silver came out getting move tutor moves wasn't easy it wasn't cheap and it was time consuming and i know that when the move tutor was announced sam you specifically were pretty nervous about the idea of going back to this whole you know, amalgamation of Pokemon with access to crazy moves. And then not only that, but also having to pay for them with BP because yep. <laughs> we all know how Sam and I feel about the battle subway. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so the, the going back into fifth gen now, they're actually returning to the shard system so that we don't have to deal with battle points. It's, it's all going to be about shards again. Which is amazing. Oh, I mean, I'm so thankful for that. 
the shard system in platinum was just a fantastic system it was a little comp- it was a little time consuming to dig up the shards and get them to pay for things like say heatwave on a zapdos but it was totally worth it true story i think it'll be a bit easier in fifth gen to obtain the shards because we don't have in, in fifth gen we will unfortunately not be getting the underground back i know right <laughs> but you know reintroducing this move tutor is going to create uh, a lot of changes in in the metagame again competitive play is going to be altered substantially it's true a lot of pokemon are getting moves that can make them amazing when they have previously been uh to put it politely a little lackluster (laughs) it also opens up a lot of interesting opportunities for lesser used pokemon and at the same time can make some pokemon a bit broken Interesting opportunities for lesser-used Pokemon. All I have to say is Tropius. That guy is going to be getting outraged through the move tutor, and so that ridiculous. is... Lots of, <laughs> lots of really crazy Pokemon are actually getting outraged from the new move tutor. So, uh, like, some some of the Pokemon that are getting outraged now, uh, uh, Blastoise. Really? <laughs> Blastoise. I'm, I'm looking at the Pokemon that learned outrage by move tutor in black and white... And uh, we have we have Blastoise is a good one. Uh, Nidoking is getting it. Uh, Primeape. That's intense. <laughs> Ar- Arcanine, Marowak, Kangaskhan, uh, Taurus, and Gyarados. Uh, Snorlax. Oh, Snorlax. <laughs> Snorlax is getting outraged. <laughs> um, Ampharos. Ampharos doesn't isn't going to use it at all. Why did I mention Ampharos? That was dumb. Uh, <laughs> Ty- Tyranitar. Swampert. Swampert would be cool. Swampert is totally gonna gonna get it. Uh, Flygon. Flygon's getting outrage again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Flygon is getting outrage again, and we mentioned Tropius, and then Salamence is also getting outrage back. Salamence, he's getting a lot of his stuff back that made him uber-worthy in 4. <laughs> Rampardos is getting outraged, and so is Bastiodon. Yep. Oh gosh, you know who else gets outraged? What's... who's that? <laughs> Scrafty. Scrafty gets outraged? <laughs> so does Archeops. Jeez! <laughs> uh, although, Salamence is actually on our list of specific Pokemon to talk about, because not only is Salamence getting outraged back, but he's also getting... Roost. It's true. And <laughs> that's going to bring back that set that made him banworthy from 4th gen. I don't think that he's going to be quite banned back up to Ubers again, but still, it's kind of a terrifying thought that that Salamence is going to be coming back. Right? It's, it's going to be a little bit intense. One thing that has made it not intense, and that I'm actually pleased about, is that the fourth gen move tutors is not the the fourth gen move tutor and the fifth gen move tutor are not the same thing. No, they're not. Thank heavens. And that's been very important because it has drastically limited the number of Pokemon that are going to have moves like Stealth Rock. And because I mean, if you compare the fourth gen list of Pokemon that could learn Stealth Rock and the now current 5th gen list of Pokemon that learn Stealth Rock, you're probably going to see about a good 20 or 30 Pokemon less. And You, you know, know, you say that. Oh, really? Uh, but I'm I'm checking Stealth Rock 
that learn by Move Tutor, and there's a lot of them. I mean, I even Clefable can learn Stealth Rock. Uh, Dunsparce, Gligar, Shuckle, Corsola, Dawnfan. Well, Dawnfan had access to him before, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Swampert, I guess, can learn them now. Uh, Mawile, Camerupt. Lot, lots of Pokemon. Oh, look, Relicanth gets Stealth Rocks. <laughs> oh, that is a lot of Pokemon that can learn it. <laughs> oh, oh, I had not noticed that Relicanth gets Stealth Rock. Well, there you go. Relicanth is just going to be crazy then. I love Apple so much. You do. I am going to move him over immediately and then teach him Stealth Rocks. Well, we're going to have to move our Pokemon over immediately anyway. So, <laughs> as as you can kind of tell, Sam and I sort of got off onto it like a, a like I don't know ten minute tangent here about Pokemon, but we we are going to spend a little bit of time discussing specific epic Pokemon. And we've you know we've gone through some of these awesome Pokemon that are going to be getting getting epic new moves. Uh, one of the ones that I wanted to bring up specifically is Beedrill. Beedrill. It sounds crazy, but Beedrill has uh, the hidden ability Sniper which ups the power of a critical hit to times three instead of times two. That's and, pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good move, uh, or it's, it's a good ability, but Beedrill doesn't have a whole lot of attack options to him, and none of them really had high critical hit ratios until now, because now Beedrill gets access to Drill Run, which is a physical ground-type attack with a high critical hit ratio. Nice. I know. So that's going to give Beedrill an option that he didn't have before, and that is what we love to see about the Move Tutor. <laughs> it's very true. I also see that on your specific Pokemon list, you have Pokemon like uh, Dusthox. Yeah, Dusthox, which who is one of like the only poison and or bug types that have any sort of defensive capabilities, period, is getting access to Roost. Very cool. Yeah, so that's going to give him some options to become more of a, a wall instead of a, you know, a random sort of weird physical attacker status inflictor thing. Yeah, I mean, Dust Dustox was a weird Pokemon. Now he kind of has, you know, a, a good strong route to, to settle into a team. Well, that's good. Uh, you wanted to sort of talk about Altaria. Yes, Altaria is going to be fantastic when it comes to the new move tutor because Altaria is one of those Pokemon that really sits in a very awkward place. It's true. We've mentioned Altaria in the past and how it's it's very difficult for for her to find a good place on a team when she's out when she's outshined by most other dragons. It's very true. And this time around Altaria is actually getting a number of actually fairly awesome new things through the Pokemon Move Tutor in Black and White 2 that are actually going to make it fairly useful, but, you know, not so much in an, you know, active, aggressive sense, because Altaria, as you've probably heard before, doesn't have all that much when it comes to offense. I mean, its stats are low in its offenses, its really big things are in support moves, and... While, you know, Altaria is a dragon type and it gets the obligatory Draco Meteor, and with the Move Tutor, it's going to get moves like uh, Dragon Pulse and Heat Wave, you know, this 
Pokemon actually gets attacks like Wonder Room. Which oh. I know, right? You it the user creates a bizarre area in which Pokemon's defense and special defense stats are swapped for five turns. And that has some really interesting applications. You know, it might you know, every time I've used Wonder Room, people have been able to plan around it a little. So, you know, maybe Altaria is the Pokemon that'll be the Pokemon to really use this to great effect with its high natural defenses. And it also learns Tailwind. You know, that's, you know, a fairly good support move considering this Pokemon can take a few hits. Uh, and probably the most in, the most important one of these moves that I'm seeing in its list is Heal Bell. Oh, I'm so excited about all the Pokemon that are going to be able to learn Heal Bell. I know. And this is going to really make Altaria f- carve out its niche in Black and White 2 as a cleric because it'll allow it to function as sort of a pseudo-aromatherapy uh, Pokemon, and it'll be able to heal all the status problems of all the party Pokemon, and it'll be a Dragon-type that can just sit out there and with its super high natural defenses, you know, Heal Bell, then Roost, which is another one of its move tutor moves that it can learn, and then proceed to allow its allies to recover off all of these burns or poisons or anything like that, and return back to the fight. That's really, really cool. I'm really excited for Altaria. You've been wanting to breed one for a long time, and maybe now this is a good time to do it. Exactly. And, you know, with all of the other Pokemon, really, that are going to be out here getting, well, especially Wonder Room. Wonder Room is kind of my, is kind of like my baby when it comes to a move that I've really found and that I've really wanted to use, because it's always been, you know, sort of dismissed as this, uh, what's a good word for it? Gimmick. Yes. It's always been dismissed as a gimmick move. And because of that, I've always wanted to set up you know, either a team or a Pokemon that could use it to great effect. And there are going to be a lot of Pokemon that are going to be learning Wonder Room by the Move Tutor this generation of games now. You've got Clefable, you've got Golduck, Alakazam, Slowbro, Gengar, Mr. Mime, Starmie, Mewtwo, you know, Umbreon, Slowking. <laughs> Mewtwo with Wonder Room. <laughs> intense. Lugia is going to get it too. <laughs> So you can just be like, oh, hi, here's Lugia, and he's going to mess up your entire day. Here's Lugia. He has multi-scale and Wonder Room. You know, Celebi is going to learn it. Gardevoir is going to get it. You know, Claydol, he's going to get it too. And I'm actually sort of excited about Claydol because he's got super high defenses as well. You know, Dusclops is going to get it, which is also going to be really ridiculous. Uh, Latios is going to be getting it, but apparently not Latias, which is a little weird, you know. strange. Miss Magius is going to get it, but she's already had it for a while, and honestly, Miss Magius is one of those Pokemon that I've wanted to breed with Wonder Room, but never really had the opportunity to have it work out well. Um, We've got Gallade, who's going to get it. Uh, All of the three Pixie Pokemon are going to be getting it. Uh, Muna, Musharna, Kafagrigus, uh, Rayuniclus, and weirdly enough, Meloetta. And, you know, these are all Pokemon, really, that could really abuse that. And especially Pokemon like Meloetta, who have a naturally high special defense, but a fairly low defense. 
And if you've got Pokemon, if you've got an opponent that really is counting on being able to abuse the deficiencies in defense that these Pokemon have, you can simply Wonder Room and all of a sudden cover all of your weaknesses in reverse. And I don't know, that's just something that I really want to see caught on and see more people use. And I think, and like I said, Wonder Room is my baby, and I want to see it used more often instead of just simply dismissed for, you know, all of the attack ever. So indeed I, I can, I, I need to, I need to, I have to, I have to mention Clefable right yes. now, right now, because when, when you mentioned heel bell, I was like, huh, heel bell. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up this list real quick. And there's a lot of Pokemon that are going to be able to learn heel bell. Uh, move tutor wise. We've got <laughs> now we will have Evie, who's going to be able to get Heal Bell, which means that you can Heal Bell into an Umbreon or an Espeon. That's intense. On top of that, uh, we've got Pokemon like uh, Togetic, Ampharos, uh, uh, Blissey, but Blissey already had Aromatherapy, so it's not you know that awesome in that sense. Well, it is sort of awesome in that sense, because... Aromatherapy was always an egg move. That's and true. Anybody That's true. who's anybody who has ever ever bred a Blissey, it is almost impossible to get one of those egg moves onto a Blissey that is any good because Blisseys are always female. So you never can breed it with another. You can never breed it with another Blissey or Chansey, and they're always of different species. So it's so the amount of eggs you get is always super rare and. So if you can try and remove that, uh, if you can try to remove that need to have the egg moves being passed down, that's always a positive aspect to it. Yeah. So uh, my my thing here is, do you, Sam, do you remember the conversation we had a long time ago about Clefable and how Clefable was never going to be able to compete with Blissey uh, for a spot as a cleric because Blissey has access to self-healing with soft-boiled and then uh, team clericking with with aromatherapy. And we were I was talking about how I thought that Clefable could possibly be able to outpace Blissey because Clefable has access to Wish, and Wish can be bred through Clefables because Clefables are not an all-female species. So Clefable has access to Wish, but did not have access to Wish and a status healing thing in the same at the same time in the same moveset because they were both egg moves, and the egg moves couldn't be brought onto the same Clefable. Yep. Okay, Clefable now has access to Heal Bell through the Move Tutor, so now it can have Wish and Heal Bell. <laughs> That's awesome. I am so excited. I have never been more excited to read a normal type Pokemon ever. I know, right? Because now I'm gonna now I'm gonna have my Clefable, and that's what I wanted. That is what I wanted out of a Clefable was a wish passing Heal Bell Clefable, and I could I couldn't have it. I couldn't have a wish pass aromatherapy uh, Clefable because the the egg moves didn't fit that way. But now with the move tutor, I can have that, and that is going to make Clefable so unbelievably awesome. That is amazing. I talked about Uxie a lot in last month's double team segment because uh, Uxie is getting Heal Bell as well. Uxie is also getting uh, Trick Room and Zen Headbutt through 
well, it, it has Trick Room normally, but it's getting Zen Headbutt as well through the Move Tutor, um, as well as Stealth Rocks and Skill Swap and Trick and Wonder Room and Magic Room. That's intense. It is getting a lot of really ridiculous moves through the Move Tutor. So I'm really, I'm also really excited to be soft resetting for Anuxi. And I do believe that uh, in Black and White 2, yep, we will have, we have access to Uxi in game. Yep. So that's going to be super crazy awesome. I know, right? <laughs> One Pokemon that I really wanted to talk about that I was excited for Black and White 2 Move Tutor was Togekiss. Togekiss? What is Togekiss getting? As a lot of people, especially our listeners, know, I am super excited about Togekiss. Togekiss is awesome. It is one of my favorite Pokemon. Togekiss is actually getting a couple of different things that are going to really improve what I think of in terms of his ability to use you know, what he has as a Pokemon more effectively. And one of the big things that I saw is that he gets Heat Wave as a move tutor move. And, you know, it might not be as powerful as, say, Fire Blast, which is something that he can use and what I usually run on my Togekiss, but it has a higher accuracy, and it only has 20 points lower in terms of base power. And I am totally willing to trade 90 per... uh, you know, 20 points of base power for another 5% accuracy. Yeah, 5, 5% accuracy off on him. And, you know, it has a high chance of leaving a target with a burn, a 10% chance of leaving a target with a burn, so it's about the same. But I think it has slightly more uh, PP to use, and, you know, that's always exciting. Togekiss is also getting roost. I know, right? Especially with a bulky Togekiss, you can just be like, oh, hi, Roost, and then all of the ice and rock doesn't affect him for that whole turn. Then you you just gotta watch out for uh, somebody popping out and going, Earthquake all up in your business. Pretty much. And, you know, speaking of physical attacks like that, there are attacks in his new Move Tutor list that might actually make a physical set work on him. What is Togekiss's base physical attack? His base physical attack is, well, it's base 50, but he does get an ability which increases the power of his physical attacks by uh, 50%. So... Is that huge power? Does he get huge power? He is getting Hustle. Hustle, that's it, Hustle. The average accuracy is only going to be about 80% with him, but his attack power is also going to go up. And I say that because in his Move Tutor list, he will be getting uh, special attacks such as Drain Punch. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I know, right? He'll be getting Drain Punch, he'll be getting Endeavor. And he'll also be getting uh, he'll be getting last resort sky attack, and oddly enough, he's also going to be getting Zen headbutt. I like I like that Zen headbutt is a move tutor move now. I know, and probably now this is a big thing too because this has made my opinion of Togekiss go up like nine thousand percent when it comes to this. He is getting trick. Whoa. 
this Togekiss is, you know, already my Togekiss is known pretty well as just this terrible rage inducer of epic proportions. Now Togekiss is getting trick. Now you can theoretically have a choice set on him and then just <laughs> trick off the choice scarf or choice band or whatever it is onto an opponent and all of a sudden you've just wrecked someone's whole Pokemon. It's true. You know, you, you mentioned Drain Punch. There are a yes. lot of really interesting Pokemon that are picking up Drain Punch through the Move Tutor. Who's going to be getting it? Hitmonchan, for one. That would be cool. Yep, Hitmonchan is getting it, as well as, uh, let's see here, uh, Ludicolo. Ludicolo? Ludicolo is getting... That's amazing! Ludicolo is getting Drain Punch. Uh, Metacham, Pure Power Metacham is getting Drain Punch. Jeez. Uh, Cacturn is getting a hold of Drain Punch. So is Regirock and Jirachi. Uh, Lucario. Lucario is getting Drain Punch? Oh man, that's... That's awesome. Mac is going to be super excited about that one. Mac will be very excited about that. Conkeldur already had Drain Punch, didn't he? Yes, he does. Okay, so he's, he's on that list as well. Oh, uh, hi, Rayuniclus. Rayuniclus is getting Drain Punch? <laughs> yes, so is Mianxiao and actually Golurk. Golurk would be good for that. <laughs> Mianxiao, though, in particular. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how effective it would be since he can also get Regenerator, but still, Drain Punch on him would also be a little interesting if you didn't want to go for the straight-out all-raw power, you know, OMG high jump kick. And yeah, yeah, and, you know, maybe maybe Mianxiao's not the best choice for it, but uh, there are some really exciting Pokemon, a.k.a. please read Lucario. Exactly. <laughs> and Ludicolo. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just, I'm just thinking to myself, Raindish, Ludicolo, In the Rain, <laughs> Leech Seed, Big Root, Drain Punch. That's not cool. It's so broken. Oh, what's that? All of my HP back in a single turn? Okay. <laughs> you got me down to the red. That's all right. <laughs> Josh is just going to have a field day with this. He oh, really is. It's, it's, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty ridiculous one. I'm <laughs> Sam, you had one more that you wanted to talk about. Yes, Polyrath. Polyrath. I don't know, he's always had a bit of a hard time since he lost um, Ice Punch back in 4th gen, but he's getting that back again. Woohoo! And that makes me excited because a lot of Pokemon that I run into would have benefited greatly from Polyrath being able to use an Ice-type attack. And especially since he's in the NU area where there are a lot of Pokemon that are still susceptible to Ice down there. That's all. That's going to be super exciting. This move tutor is going to be so amazing. I can't wait for all of the new stuff that's going to be popping out. Indeed, and I think that if our listeners have some sets that they're really excited about on specific Pokemon with the black and white two move tutors, they should totally send them to us in an email. Wouldn't you agree? I would totally agree. <laughs> awesome. So, listeners, if you've got a set that you're really excited about thanks to this new advent of the black and white two move tutor send them to the underground mailbag at gmail.com and we'll be sure to share them with the rest of our listening audience
walk with us once again as we take another trip down Victory Road. Sam and I both have a story that we would like to share with you this week, but first, we actually had a Victory Road story sent in by one of our favorite listeners, Josh. Josh writes in, and I quote, So I was testing my possible VGC team and was fighting a random ranked match via Wi-Fi. I came out with my non-legendary team of Unnerved Tyranitar, Intimatop, Togekiss, and Metagross. My opponent used Thunderous, Landorus, Latios, and Jellicent. All shiny, by the way. I was not looking forward to the fight because I was severely outmatched. I'm not going to go through the whole fight, but my biggest moment was when they took out my Togekiss and I sent in my Tyranitar. My opponent switched in his full hit point Landorus to get off the Intimidate, and it was smashed full in the face by my T-Tar's Ice Beam. Let's just say he went down like a ton of bricks. The rest of the fight went completely in my favor and was awesome. That is awesome. It's, it is, because, you know, Josh pulled out a, a unusual Tyranitar. Nobody expects Tyranitar to be running a special set. Nobody. So the Intimidate was a good choice for his opponent because he was like, okay, I'm going to nerf this T-Tar a little bit and get his attack down. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> So that that was a great story. Thanks for sharing that with us, Josh. Totally. Sam, you you share your story now because your story is pretty awesome. Yes. During the E4 tryouts this last week, I had popped in my Dragonite on my team. And, well, I guess one of my Dragonites. I have five <laughs> Dragonites. One of my five Dragonite that I deemed that it was okay to use in this tournament. Yes. Mm. <laughs> But yes, um, and it was my bulky Tarant. It was my bulky Dragonite that had a special set on it. And what happened was my opponent had brought in uh, Blastoise, and I used Hurricane on it. I think didn't quite take it out. He used Ice Beam on my Dragonite, and my Dragonite took maybe forty to forty-five percent damage which was intense coming from a Blastoise. I figured it would have taken a little more, even though I had multi-scale up. And I proceeded to thunder and knock out the Blastoise. But then, bum, he, bum, bum. then he brought in his, uh, his Zoroark. And I was just like, huh, all right, well, that thing's going to be faster. I'm definitely going to be taking a hit. I opted out of just sitting down and roosting because I figured, well, I'm probably not going to have enough HP to be able to sustain the roost and keep up, try to recover off that damage anyway. So, you know, whatever, why not? And he used a Dark Gem boosted Dark Pulse. And I kind of froze a little because I was like, oh, that's going to hurt a lot. I sure, I don't think my Dragonite is going to be able to take that. I took it down to 4 HP and survived. And I just, I was floored. And my opponent just stared at his DS, just like, are you lying to me right now? Because there is no, that should have knocked it out, right? No, my Dragonite survived with 4 HP, and I responded to knock it out with Hurricane. And that whole time, he was just staring at the screen, just like, how did this happen? And apparently my Dragonite is just indefatigable. It is. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's, uh, that's so ridiculous. I'm not, I, there's, there's nothing you can say about that. 
my Dragonite is just bulky, and it survives all things, apparently. Apparently. Now, you have a very interesting story for us, too, don't you? Oh, my story's kind of hilarious. Okay, so this is, again, in our E4 tryouts, and I was running um, a, a combination OU-NU team, uh, which I, I kind of like doing now in most of the tournaments we do. I like to have a couple of heavy hitters, but I also like to showcase some of the more interesting projects that I've done in the past, you know, while. And I was leading this team with Mamoswine because I needed some Stealth Rock support. And my opponent threw out his golem. And it was kind of funny because he gave me this little weird look. And then after we had both completed our moves, he was like, we, we ended up trading stealth rocks. Hmm. Um, and, and he was he was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I figured was going to happen there. And so I was like, yeah, I see, I see that working. I, I see that working. So we, we traded stealth rocks. And then I opted to go for Icicle Crash on the next uh, on the next go around. I, I thought about going with Earthquake, and then I was like, no, you know what? We're, we're going to hit with Icicle Crash. And so uh, it turns out Mamoswine is faster than Golem, and got my I got my Icicle Crash off and took him down right into the red, didn't quite finish him, and he kind of smirked a little bit like he thought that, that that was enough. That was all he needed, and uh, then flinched. Oh. And I knew what was coming was supposed to have been an explosion. Yep. Because <laughs> that's what golems do. Golems go stealth rocks and then they explode. <laughs> um, so he flinched and he did not get to do his explosion. And the next turn I ice sharded to ensure that I would be the one uh, getting, you know, the kill on that. So... Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty hilarious. I was very, very pleased with Mamoswine's performance in that entire fight. I mean, Mamoswine went on to do a lot more damage after that, but getting getting to stop an explosion through a flinch hacks on Icicle Crash, because I'd never gotten the flinch hacks on Icicle Crash before. It's a hard one to get. I've got Icicle Crash on my Mamoswine, and it gets really tough to actually use it effectively. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen very often, so that was that was exciting. It was it's a pretty sweet little it was a little taste of victory. <laughs> that is pretty awesome though. Good job for that. <laughs> so if you guys have stories that you would like to share with us on our next Victory Road segment, you should send them in an email to the underground mailbag at gmail.com. What kind of Pokemon are you? How do you do the things you do? This week's Pokemon Spotlight covers number 235, Smeargle. Smeargle is a white and brown colored beagle type of Pokemon that has a large paintbrush on the tip of its tail that exudes a paint-like fluid, which the Smeargle then uses to paint objects with. There are almost 5,000 different markings that Smeargle uses. The sprites for Smeargle have shown a variety of colors, including green, brown, yellow, and blue, and it is implied that every Smeargle has a different color of paint. Smeargle is the only known Pokemon to express itself artistically, and does so through the use of its signature move, Sketch. 
Sketch's ability to copy and permanently allow Smeargle to use the move the target last used, with the exception of Chatter and Struggle, gives Smeargle a virtually unlimited move pool to choose from. Smeargle live in packs, and upon reaching adulthood, allows the other members of the pack to paint a paw print on its back. However, those who refuse to let themselves be marked are ostracized from the pack. Smeargle are incredibly adaptable, being able to live in very nearly any environment. They use the paint from their tails to mark out their territories. Smeargle has been featured in seven different sets of the TCG, none of which are currently tournament legal. Due to Smeargle's tremendous flexibility of moves, he makes for a fantastic support Pokemon, being the fastest user of Spore in the game. However, due to his low stats in both attack and special attack, use of attacks on Smeargle Smeargle is inadvisable. For a full write-up on video game strategy using Smeargle, you can check out my post on the Pokedex Project. That's pokedexproject.wordpress.com. All right, it's that time again, folks. We are asking another question of the week. As always, we are going to start off with some of our listener responses from last week's question. For those of you who don't remember, last week we asked, who is your favorite Kanto gym leader? And starting off, we have a response from Josh. Josh writes, Koga is the obvious winner in my book. I mean, the guy is a ninja, right? You can't beat that. I also have strong feelings for poison types, with Nidoking being one of my top six Pokemon ever since the game came out. Another thing I need to note is that he was such a great gym leader that he became an E4 member of the next games. I can't think of any other gym leaders who have accomplished such a feat. Koga is awesome, and that is all there is to it. We also had a Twitter response from uh, someone going by the Twitter handle ATR420, and he said, Giovanni, he owned a Mewtwo. That's legit. I can I can approve that. <laughs> I, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. <laughs> this week, Sam and I have opted to ask, uh, what is your favorite Unova Pokemon in honor of the release of Black and White 2? Natil, what's your favorite Unova Pokemon? Oh my god, it was so hard for me to choose. Like, okay, I'm going to be upfront and honest here. When 5th Gen was announced, I was su- I was negative Nancy. I was like, I hate all of these Pokemon. All of these Pokemon are stupid. None of them even look close to being cool. I hate them all. Same here. <laughs> and, you know, as, as I got over my nerd rage, and there was a lot of nerd rage, and I'm, I'm officially over that now, <laughs> um, I started to really fall in love with a lot of the different Pokemon. I mean, I love Haxorus. I love Amolga. I love a lot of 5th Gen Pokemon. And when we were talking about this, I had a hard time deciding. I was like, I don't know. Who's my favorite Nova Pokemon? And then I remembered Joltik. Joltik is is an, not only is he an electric type, which is my favorite type of Pokemon, but he's also so tiny and adorable. And ah, <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is literally the smallest Pokemon, and he's fuzzy and tiny. And he like there's there's like there I have pictures saved of him everywhere, and one of them he's like nibbling on his trainer's fingertip, and it's just so cute. I think I, I can hardly stand it. 
if all spiders were like that in the real world, I think there would be absolutely no phobias of spiders at all. Everybody would just be like, oh my god, it's so cute. Oh, it's so adorable. Oh, man. You know, actually, that reminds me of a picture I saw on the internet of this picture of this really big spider and a bunch of, like, little baby spiders that were making a nest up in the corner of some guy's wall. And, and, you know, everybody, the person had wrote in a rage comic of some guy just being like, oh, man, this is so scary, and then replaced it with a picture of a a galvantula and a bunch of little joltics everywhere. And I was just like, oh, man, that is so cool. Why does this not happen? (laughs) What? Why is this so adorably creepy? <laughs> so yeah, I, I definitely have to pick Joltik as as my favorite Unova Pokemon. And I I I know who your favorite Unova Pokemon is, Sam, but why don't you tell the listening audience? That would be Hydreigon. <laughs> I hate your Hydreigon. <laughs> oh man, I had to cough a little at that one. <laughs> So, I was actually a little, I actually felt this weird sense of really sadistic pride when one of our, when the, when really the genesis of this question, which was someone at League asking what Pokemon from Unova was the bane of your existence, and Scotty just looked at me and said, Hydreigon. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, I'm glad that my Pokemon instill this incredible anger and fear in you and this oh it makes me so happy on the inside but that's because you choice scarf that thing man choice yeah dark pulse hydragon is just not fair it's it's true it's not but what makes it my favorite you know a pokemon is not its power really it's that it's quite possibly one of the most unique dragon hybrid types that have ever been created so far you know you has an interesting type it does you know, you have, like, the Dragon Ice Pokemon, Qrem. You have the Dragon Ground types. You know, those are okay. You've got all of the Dragon Flying types that are out there. But, you know, a Dragon Dark type, that's that's a really difficult one for people to wrap their minds around. I mean, when you've got Dragon Water types, you know, that's, you know, okay, weakness to Dragon only. You know, you've got Dragon Ice and Dragon Flying and Dragon Ground, you know, Ice all the time. But, you know, he's... Hydreigon is one of those very rare Pokemon that only take two times the amount of damage from ice attacks, but he also takes damage from fighting and from bug. And that's usually not a type that you associate as being able to have super effective damage against one of the, like, giant, unstoppable dragon-type Pokemon. The other awesome thing is that he can pop out on an Alakazam and be like, what? Exactly. (laughs) I love that immunity to psychic type attack. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize it right away. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to use my Reuniclus out here and he's going to use all of the psychic. And then, oh, wait. (laughs) And, you know, like you said, you know, I love choice scarfing it. I've been able, I've used it before without the choice scarf and I've played around with its moveset a little. You know, I've popped, you know, he has unique and interesting moves like Tri-Attack. You never see Tri-Attack pop out anywhere. And, you know, he's got all of these fantastic abilities and things, and he's just so fun to play. And, (laughs) 
you know, his design is really awesome, too. And his design is really cool. He is a very well-designed dragon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hydra, and that's all you have to say. He's a Hydra. That's That makes him awesome right there. Hydra, so. and then Dragon, Hydra, gone, and then you've got Dre, which is German for three. <laughs> I know, right? So cool. <laughs> it's, Localizers, it's, you're so awesome. <laughs> it was it was a very good choice. So uh, that that's, you know, my favorite Unova Pokemon is Joltik. And Sam's is Hydragon. We we want to know who your favorite Unova Pokemon is. And you can let us know by, again, sending an email to theundergroundmailbag at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me at hotpinkjoystick. Sam, you need a Twitter. I do. If you enjoyed today's broadcast, you can find back episodes of The Underground on iTunes or at our website, theundergroundpodcast.wordpress.com. Please subscribe to the show via the iTunes store or directly through the RSS feed on our website. If you like what you hear, leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them with the nearest deli bird to our mailbag. Or you can just email us at theundergroundmailbag at gmail.com. We'd also love to hear your bumpers. Just record an MP3 of yourself telling us that you dig the underground and send it in. We'll play it at the top of the next episode. Please join our discussions over on the D20 Radio Network forums at d20radio.com backslash forums as well. Please join us again next week when we will talk all about proper etiquette when it comes to TCG battling. So until next time, Poke fans, remember that our secret base is always open to you if you can find it. Oh, I can find it. The Underground Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Pokemon is a registered trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, 4Kids Entertainment, and Wizards of the Coast. Music used in the show comes courtesy of the OC Remix album, The Missing No Tracks. These songs and thousands more can be found at www.ocremix.org. All original audio, textual, graphical, and video content associated with the Underground Podcast are the sole copyright intellectual property of Nikhil Erickson and Samuel Ranke in affiliation with the D20 Radio Network. that yawn out. Samuelson! That would be why I accidentally hit the mute on this thing. Samuelson, why? Because I'm apparently going to be doing all of this stuff here. Skype recorder! Skype recorder, please tell me you were... Oh, good.